Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Somos Mas, the official podcast of Somos Mas NM and your source for the latest news and notes on New Mexico United and the New Mexico Runners. My name, of course, is Seth Biddle. Thank you guys so much for joining us here across our social media platforms, Facebook, YouTube, and Twitter. It is Tuesday night, so that, that means we are live. We've got a brand new episode coming for you tonight. We, uh, we've had a lot going on. Our Earl wasn't here last week. Jacob and I have been busy. We've got just, just a whole bunch going on. We've got a match to talk about. Well, two really to talk Harry. about. Um, hey, Harry, how are you, my friend? Three different guesses this week. No, I, I will go, I will go to one. That is, okay. I, I think that's what it's going to be. Boom. You sure about that? Because I'm, I'm fairly certain that you changed it. No, nope, that was after I changed it. Because you said I had three different guesses, and I said, no, I'm going with 2-1. <laughs> okay. All right. So you get one right, finally. I've got two right on the season. Uh, Jacob is trying to form the mullet. It's not a mullet. <laughs> yet. Wrong sport shirt. I mean, I, I could go get my Atlanta United kit. But you know, um, he he doesn't have any New Mexico United gear. He is not technically a fan. He's a professional journalist when it comes to United, um, supposedly. <laughs> speaking speaking of being professional, like okay, so we're we're just jumping right into it. I, I did have a burning question. I'm gonna say screw the burning question tonight. Fep. Um, fep. Fep. fep, fep, yes. So. Fep. Uh, we are, of course, live across our social media platforms. Uh, you guys did not make it out to the match on Saturday night. Um, obviously, the match was away down in El Paso. I did go down. Uh, I was able to get credentials. So uh, shout out to Derek Fox uh, from El Paso for getting us getting the credentials. Was able to get in. I like, I like how you're shouting them out right now, and then you're about to rip El Paso. I am. Out. I'm <laughs> going to rip El Paso and their communications department a new one because – I'm extremely disappointed in the and what was provided in terms of uh, you know food. There was no food at all for for the media. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it was just you know some guy came walking in with a hot dog from somewhere. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Before you go on, so to any El Paso <laughs> locomotives um, front office. <laughs> Sense views do like not, that. Do not, views do not pertain to Somos Mas. This is strictly Seth's personal views and not the professional view that we just that we just went off of. <laughs> but now the housekeeping is out of the way. Carry on. Yeah, there you go. Uh, disclaimer. Yeah, absolutely. But no, I do appreciate getting the the credential and being able to be there. And you know, I I just threw up a bonus episode over here. Um, uh, with the post-match press conference that we had with uh, head coach Zach Prince, it was myself, Ken Sickinger from the Journal, and David Carr. We were down in the tunnels underneath underneath the stadium talking to Zach afterwards. And so, um, but yeah, no, there was no food. You know, we know for, you know that New Mexico and I provides food to all the media. You know, even if you go down to the dugout, there's usually like pizza or something down there. They rotate Trust the food me. in. It's, Trust me, I me mean, and I know yeah. about the pizza. <laughs> You guys know, um, but even when like yeah, visiting it's usually around halftime that we get that pizza. Yeah. Yeah. But you know, <laughs> I don't think it's technically for us, but eh, you know, it's, it's the food is food is provided, you know, even for, for traveling media, you know, they're able to come in get some food, you know, whatever. Um, so you know, there was nothing provided. Maybe they did, you know, gave us some water, which is great. Appreciate the water. Um, I got my, I showed up early, got my media credential and, there was another guy standing outside the box office and he had two different passes. One said photo, one said media. He's like, I don't know why they gave me two. 
It's like, well, I don't know. I said, I'm, you know, I've got my media one, you know, I didn't think anything of it. Well, I go down to the field. I go to step out. And oh, yeah, yeah, if you want to take photo, because if you look at the pe- the paperwork they give you, it says media pertains to to photo, written blogs, podcasts, whatever. You know, that's what that's what says that's their definition of media. I said, hey, can I grab a penny so I can take some pictures? Like, no, you don't. You don't have a photo pass. This is. I, I'm sorry. This is such a such a big soapbox that I uh, just very. So, but no, so I actually, so believe it or not, I, I did talk to El Paso and I got some. Uh... Ooh, Earl coming in with some professionalism. Oh, except for he's muted. Yeah. So like I said, I did oh, get, is. I did talk to El Paso and I did get the live audio of you talking to the, to the field, the field crew. Oh, I thought okay. he was being professional and no. It was this. oh two things two things one earl that was great great setup great (laughs) second thing we just watched that movie this weekend (laughs) and so it just made it even funnier so but no let me and i I sent you guys the pictures of of my perspective from the field absolutely the field did look terrible um even from where i was at because i was down the dugout for the first half um and most of the second half too like it just it looked terrible um but let me show you guys the pictures so i don't have it on but if you can see it here so like this like i'm in the dugout and there's like nine or ten el paso media guys just standing like in front of the dugout taking up every possible angle that you could possibly get at to take a picture of anything and so that's what my, that's what that's what my gripe is. Like, if you're going to give someone a media credential, why shouldn't they be allowed to take photos as well? So just just so you know, year one, United had the same thing. They had two different media passes. One was for the field, and one was for yeah. I know they used to. Box. Yeah. Uh, and so, I I think year two was going to be the same, but then year two turned into COVID nineteen, yeah. and so and just we didn't have just any so helmets. Seth knows the entire time I was listening to that. All I heard was this. <laughs> Thanks, Earl. Appreciate that. But yeah, so I don't know. Maybe it's just me, but I feel like if you're going to give out a media credential, like it should be like, I'm not saying all access. I shouldn't be able to access all areas, but you know, I should be able, at least be able to go out on the on the warning track <clears throat> and take some photos. You know, also. Also, you're you're coming from Big Brother here, Big Brother organization that knows how to operate, and going <laughs> down to uh, to Little Brother there in El Paso. So yeah. I I think you should have expected. I think your expectations were here, and they needed to be here. Yeah, and then you still probably wouldn't have met those expectations, but it would have been closer to what you were expecting. Than so, than what you were. So opening probably. night, me and me and Jacob did have a chance to talk to a New Mexico United official. Um, I don't know where you're going. I don't. About? I don't know. I know who you're talking about. I don't know where you're going with this. Yeah, and we were told to um, lower our expect expectations. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's true. Yeah, that's true. So I know you weren't there, Seth, but from the great words of Itamar, uh, lower your expectations. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Okay. 
I don't know what the expectations we're lowering are for, but okay. well, ours were because we picked four nil and five nil against Las Vegas. Oh, yeah. And he said to lower our expectations. Yours were apparently wanting food in El Paso, which <laughs> food in El Paso, I don't think is a good idea anyways, but Hey, no, I think he was just wanting you, like Google. valid press credentials. But yeah. Just, like, like it's, yeah, I just think, yeah. Valid full media access, you know, like, like I said, I don't expect like, all access areas. I, sh- I don't expect to go into the locker rooms. I don't, ex- I don't expect that kind of stuff. But like, if I'm showing up and you know, when I do the credential request, like if I put down, I'm a blog writer, I'm a podcast or whatever, you know, I should be able, I shouldn't have to also put in a separate request to say, Hey, I want to be able you know, to take photos as well. But that's just, I don't know, but you know, I will admit it's a nice stadium. You know, it, it, it was a nice trip down. I enjoyed it. I ate at a place just outside the thing called a Drax uh, cheesesteaks. It's actually not not too bad. Um, David Carl would disagree because he, of course, is from Philly. So, um, but yeah, getting back to to Harry's point over here, the field looked bad. Like I'm telling you, it was so so bad to watch. Like in person, I know you guys watched you, it. You, I thought you couldn't see it because of all the people in your way. But well, okay, I, could I think in, you're worried. I could see in between people, you know. <laughs> and then I, I rewatched the match, of course, and like you could see guys just cutting in that turf where it was at and it just it it looked terrible like it really did i have a question for you yeah um phil from the seriously loco podcast complained quite a bit about the second half and the start stop nature of it Mm -hmm. am i just being a giant homer for not remembering such a start stop nature or am i just used to it because every team does that against us no, it absolutely was. There was a lot okay. of, of stop start now, but it it didn't go one way or the other. It was very much both teams. Like yeah, it, it felt, was it felt like every stoppage was warranted. Like El Paso was fouling us pretty hard. They were, and Ken Sickinger and I were talking about this while we were down there watching the the, the game and shout out to Ken, by the way. I love Ken. Yeah, Ken's fantastic. Like he he really is, you know, it's always a great conversation and always does a great job covering the club for the journal um but yeah we were talking about it and it was just like and, and i'll admit that a lot there were a lot of fouls that were called um there were a lot of fouls that were called that were very soft going both ways and but it that was, was very, like the whole match i mean oh, it wasn't yeah, just the second half yeah no it, it wasn't was. just when we came went up to one it was also right. when they were ahead one nil yeah and it was also when we were tied one one yeah, yeah, it was very, very soft fouls, very ticky tack calls, and it, yeah. So I agree it was stop start, but I don't think it was. I don't think it was swayed one way or the other. Um, by the way, people, if you couldn't tell by the name of this title and the sound clip that I played earlier, uh, we did win uh, two to one. Just uh, we jumped right into Seth's soapbox, so I, I just wanted to make sure everybody <laughs> knew that we did win because otherwise you would have thought we started off negatively. Yeah. with with the soapbox and and we were grumpy old people about not winning but no we did win so i did um i did get a recording for myself after we did beat oh, el paso God. damn it earl <laughs> the first one was good earl now it's just old <laughs> no 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 i don't want to hear about old old or or nothing like that we're not talking boring. about yourself boring tired oh wait those could be about me too I, okay. That, Jim that went, yeah. that went a little too far. I feel like we might need to put a 
a mature rating on this podcast now. Oh, just might, but uh, no, yeah, I, I certainly wasn't trying to do like soapbox type deal, but no, I just felt like it needed to be addressed. Like, I appreciate the access that we get from our club, and and Harry, to, to your point, um, there are there are certain areas that you can go. Um, you're not limited to one spot. Um, yeah, they do. He, they do. T- he could have been up in the press box where he could have seen everything. That press box, have their press box is literally this big. Like, I'm not even joking. Like, it was shoulder to shoulder in the press box. Mm. Yeah. So, and and the where their press box is, it looks down over the southern goal. So you're Weird. not you're not like on the third baseline like you are or behind home plate at at Istopes. You're literally above that sub, that south goal. Or at least whichever one it is, southeast. Yeah, I don't know directions there because yeah. they don't have yeah. a compass on the TV. Because it, yeah, it's right off the. It's really like right off the freeway there. Um, but yeah, you're looking down over it, and so if you're and like kind of like where the curse was at on the far side, like you have to like stand up and look down and look over Whoa. to see the, you know that end of the pitch if it gets down real close. I'm but, so glad you shaved your nose hairs because you got really close there. Yeah, you did. You're like <laughs> on top of it. <laughs> yeah, well, you know. Um, but yeah, no, it was a nice drive down. Enjoyed it. Um, uh, and uh, I will admit, you know, it was, the match was a lot of fun to watch. Uh, like you mentioned, we did, of course, get the two-one win and ended El Paso's unbeaten home match, uh, home streak at I think it was like 23 matches. 23 getting, matches going all the way back to 2020, where we. The last ones to beat them at home as well. So um, also by a two-one scoreline. Yes, it was. Um, but yeah, let's just get right into it. I mean, I know you guys are watching along Saturday night. Um, what was your biggest takeaway from the first half? <laughs> Evan Newton is a really bad goalkeeper. <laughs> <laughs> and yet, and yet Duke Keith said he's a legend. He's USL well, royalty, apparently. So he, I mean, he <clears throat> his track so, record is very good at this current moment. He is a terrible goalkeeper. So I also have no credit for Duke Keith, whatever the fuck his name is, because he did say we brought back Justin Portillo. Yeah, he did say that. No, no, so, yeah, so he I, didn't. She yeah, he did. did. Oh, no, he did. He, he, he did. did, yeah. Well, then she continued it because she said, yeah. That's, oh, no, he, okay. They messed up so many times. I, I got it all mixed up now. Yeah. Because they both were all over the map with United stuff anyways, which I get it. We're not your home club. We are your biggest rival, though, and we've played you guys like a thousand times in the last two years. Um, maybe you want to, you know, brush up on that just just a hair. But also, again, it's little brother. We can't compare them to the great Tyler Ortega and Greg Hurst. We just can't do that because it's just not fair. Chris Hurst. Chris Hurst. What did I say? Greg. <laughs> Close enough. Oh, that's the that's the Phoenix Rising player. My bad. Yeah. Um, but yeah, yeah. Watching back the, the, the ESPN plus broadcast, there were some issues, uh, on the broadcast, like the, yeah. those half, I'm sorry, those halftime commercials. So I didn't watch halftime. I had to work during halftime. Oh man. So. Go, if you get, go back and watch those halftime. Why were you watching halftime commercials anyways? You didn't watch it live. You could have fast forwarded. No, or today. I just, I was just playing it and I was doing like folding clothes. Oh. Or whatever it was. Yeah. And so like, there was one that especially in the middle is like really weird. It's like, this really was like, it, was it the, the you on a bike? No, I didn't see that one. There was another you one. You didn't was, see like, that one? No, was, but like, the stupidest one. I've yeah. No, there was about. one, like a, a, a woman's like saying something about her husband. Like he gets like, a, like a hair removal thing. It's like, Oh, it's oh, as yeah. smooth as a baby or guys, something like guys, that. Guys, guys, 
We just beat El Paso in El Paso and ended a streak. And we're talking about the fucking commercials. Are we I know right it's weird. It was on. just so weird. Back on topic. Um, but For yeah, me, so looking at it, you know, and I, and I asked Zach about it after the match. You know, Sanupe was doing was playing really well up the right hand side um, early in the first half. Got in behind a couple times, and you know, I was like, okay, something's got to change here early on because you Which, just I see called. It. I called, by the way, yeah. and you were like, oh, no, I'm, not, I'm just worried about Selenyak, and he didn't even play. Yeah, well, you know. <laughs> um, again, it's predictions. Like, we don't, know. We don't you know, and we, we predicted it four days ahead of time. So, yeah, know. you know. Um, but, yeah, so you you watch it. You can see him, and we've, we've seen that happen in other matches, too, coming up that right-hand side. And now I know we had a different back three, but um, – you know, Zach did make some changes there, and it did seem to really cut that out. Yeah, I'm. They were tearing us up there the first thirty minutes or so, and then, and then uh, Zach said he made some changes up top, which affected the way the back. I, I no, 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 no. He he made some adjustments at the back. Well, he says up top in that oh, yeah. interview. So I was like, okay, what, you, what could, anyways, he made changes and they worked. That's, yeah. that's the bottom line. They, they, um, they shut down those, those wide players in Frenzo and Snoopy, Snoopy, um, and, uh, and just kind of ended that real quickly. I also think that, that, uh, Portillo and Hamilton did a better job at one point of pressuring the ball when it was in the midfield. Mm-hmm. Um, and staying in front of their guy instead of on the play that they scored on, uh, Luna is able to, to get by a player and, and put in a, a beautiful ball. I mean, I can't believe that I'm talking about the El Paso goal first, but I guess it is the one that happened first in the match. So, but it was a very, very nice, nice pass from Luna who, according to Earl is his least favorite, uh, local players to, or now man has passed the Yuma, uh, train there, which, I still think is crazy, but uh, he made a beautiful pass, and then Sanupi was able to find Maras, mm-hmm. Maras, and uh, and it was a beautiful goal. I mean, it was a, it was a great play, and it was it probably should have been three nil in the first thirty minutes if Luna is two inches to the left on his shot that hits the post, and or if, or if and, Luna was about half a star better than what he actually is yeah and uh and if franco could have found like uh i don't know how i missed that i it was a a beautiful ball again from snope and franco just whiffed on an empty net sure thing goal so we got lucky there a couple times but uh once those adjustments were made that was it Mm -hmm. el paso didn't get another chance at, at all but so to go back. I, I actually have a recording of uh, Zach Prince and his talk to the team, okay. believe it or not. Um, this is like behind the scenes coverage. I, I like phoned him in on the sideline and he, he gave me some uh, some some advice <laughs> of what he told the guys. But more than anything, I want better execution. Are we clear on that? I want better fucking execution. But more than anything, I want better execution. Exactly. I mean, you know, 
Harry or in chat, Luna is good. Get the crooked. Give I, the kid I do. Plays on the edge. I, Earl is the one that that thinks he sucks. I, I, yeah. I think Luna is very good. It, it, there's a reason. No, he got so called. here's there's here's a reason, on Luna. There's a reason he got called to the U20 national team. Here's my take on Luna. Here's my take on Luna. Oh, the 42 year old, 18 year old. <laughs> He's seen some shit. Okay. <laughs> I know that's the problem. When they said five stars. He meant like five stars crime boss and not five stars actually good. What's your take on Luna so we can move on? Or was that your take? That was my take and I hate oh, him. God. Okay. Anyways, um, <laughs> you know who is not good? Luna. No, the player that I mentioned earlier, Evan Newton. Evan Newton? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. That... Trust me. If I was the coach, if I was John Hutchinson during that El Paso match, I am definitely taking out Evan Newton and benching his stupid ass. Do you think we There's... see big? Do you think we see Big Phil on Wednesday? Maybe. I mean, Newton surrendered five goals in two matches already. So, well, yeah, it's not hard to surrender a goal when you're playing at fucking midfield. Right. So, Earl, Earl, I do have a question for you. Last year, you <laughs> were hypercritical of Alex Tambakis and some of the decisions that he made. If you had to grade Evan Newton on his goalkeeping decisions, particularly on the Nico Brett goal, who would you take, Evan Newton or Alex Tambakis? Look, I, look, look, look. You, you, you obviously missed our conversation, <laughs> mine and Jacob's conversation. So opening night, I told Jacob that I'm past the Tambakis criticism that I've been giving him. If he held a clean sheet, and he did, and he did. So I'm beyond the Alex Tambakis, Alex Camp Black shit, whatever, whatever was the name I was giving him. I'm beyond that. I'm grown up, about as grown up as Luna is, 45 years old. So that your question is kind of irrelevant at this point. So Harry, Harry brings up something that they were talking about on the USL show earlier too, that Newton hasn't played in a while and uh, is in a new system with a new team, and. I will give him the second goal uh, as that problem because it, it is directly a result of a, a bad pass by Newton. And that is part of the system that they want to play. Newton needs to be able to have the ball at his feet and play that way. And he made a bad decision and then he gets beat. That's fine. The Nico Brett goal. That is like, I don't, I know nothing about goalkeeping. And I know one thing that you can't do is stand at the top of the 18 yard box and just watch. You either have to sit back and make a play, or if you're going to come out, you have to charge out. Like you have to make Nico make a decision. Yeah. And if Nico's going to chip, you need to be coming towards him so that you have a chance of getting a hand on the ball, not just stand there and watch the ball sail over your head and into the goal. That's not a new system, new coach, haven't played in a while type thing. That is, if I, I know, I know Newton's background as a goalkeeper. You can't just forget how to defend a one-on-one situation. You can't do that. It's just a, if 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 a goalkeeper was playing for us and that happened, I would lose my ever-loving mind. And look, I I also said that I think this is that play that Nico makes. I don't think there's another United player in history that makes that play, except for maybe Kavan. That has the speed to beat out the back. Fox, I think it was. Was it Fox? Yeah. I feel like it was Fox. 
the speed to beat Fox, the ability to control it, and then to look and read the situation and put a chip in over Newton like that. There's not another player that has ever played for United that I think does that, like I said, except for Kavon. And so kudos to Nico. And I voted for it for goal of the week because of, of course press that's on my chest. But so did you vote? I did. But it was a terrible play by Newton. And it should have never should have never happened. I mean, I'm not just, I'm not gonna say that Nico wouldn't have finished anyways if Newton either stays back or or actually comes charging out. I my money is still on Nico finishing that somehow. But the way it was finished was was just a joke. And I think that's about the time that the adjustments were made. And all of a sudden it breathed all new life into United. And from that point on, passing stats be damned, we controlled the match. They had the ball a lot and they passed it back and forth, but they did nothing with it after that. The only thing that scared me was the header in stoppage time that Tambaka saved, which that save alone, Earl, should get you off on the Tambaka's bandwagon if you weren't already on it, because that was an incredible save. Oh, and his I'm, ability... I'm not denying it. I know. Look, I'm I know. not denying it. So when it happened, I did jump out of my couch and clap. Wow. That's, that's a big deal. Yeah. But anyways, yeah, it's, it is a, it was a 60 minute domination. In my opinion, it, it was a close match because El Paso had that 30 minutes where we needed to make adjustments, but Zach made the proper adjustments. The players executed those adjustments. And after that, it was, to me, it was just as dominant a performance as Vegas was after that first 30 minutes. Yeah. There, so hold there's... on. Before you, before you continue, oh, I do okay. have a recording of myself <laughs> praising Alex Tambakis during that block. <laughs> oh, okay. Carry on. Um, uh, but yeah, I mean, there's, there's just, there's a <laughs> lot. Looking at these... Seth is lost. Seth is still trying to gain his composure. <laughs> there's a lot looking at these first two matches, and so I've got, so I've got a couple different questions I want to ask. First of all. We've seen that last minute scenario. We saw it last year, El Paso, you know, leveled last year. I, right. I asked Zach about it after the match. I said, you know, when you get, I said, it's basically an almost an identical situation to what we saw last year. Last minute, El Paso has an opportunity to go in and, and, and level it. You know, what's the message to the guys in, in that point? And how does it feel to, to get that stop, to walk out? with the win. And one of the things he talked about was game. And he said, you know, that they talk about game winning plays and he talked about how in week one, Austin, even after he felt something go in his, in his his hamstring, he still continued on for 20, 25 yards to make a play. Talk about Alex making a play here uh, on Saturday night down in El Paso. And I think that holds true. And 
again, small sample size, but what do you guys think is the difference between last year and this year and making those plays? I, I look at the, the players making those plays and, and most of them are players that we had last year. And so if you look at that, you say, well, it's not the players that have stepped, I mean, they've stepped up, but it's not the players that have changed. And the only thing that's changed uh, is systems and, and the man at the top. And I would love for Troy to still be our coach. But what Zach has done has changed the mentality in that locker room. And I think the 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 thing that's... I that we can attribute that to, I think starts with that Las Vegas match, and being in the 90th minute up to nothing, and Nico is still at the six yard box of the opposition pressing, and when you put that kind of mentality in place, I think it changes the tune of players a little bit and gets them more focused, or I, I don't know exactly how you want to word it, but. But that that to me has to be what it was or what it is. And and for those of you that that um, had a chance to read the article, uh, I, I wrote 500 words on why this year feels different already. And I don't worry, I put in there that it was a small sample size. Um, I, I'm not going to ask you guys if you read it because I already know you didn't. Um, so. There we go. So, uh, but but in it, it has, you know, <clears throat> two glaring stats that I was keeping track of last year. It was, were, God damn it, Earl, kick your ass out. <laughs> um, were, were points dropped versus points fought back and gained. And, <clears throat> and it, uh, are you done, Earl? Are you fucking done? <laughs> Look, so the reason why I'm in all these, like, wrestling antics and whatnot is because I'm going to WrestleMania next week, so. Who? So, look, I'm just. Cares. Yeah. <laughs> well, can we wait till the end to talk about that? Because I would actually like to talk about that. I just don't appreciate being interrupted. It's not very what? professional. No. What? Anyways. Um, Harry, let's chat. Since these two numbnuts over here are doing whatever they're doing uh what there were two things i like how he muted himself after that one he's like i'm not gonna give you the satisfaction of muting me i'm gonna unmute and then mute myself anyways uh dropped points versus points that we like clawed back and earned and then our record when we're scoring two or more goals compared to one or fewer goals and it's only been two matches i get that but We've already fought back and earned three points from a losing position, which we had only done three times in our history. Mm-hmm. We had fought back to earn points of some kind in 11 matches only in our history. Then second of all, we have held we held on to two leads. Now, the Las Vegas one wasn't really scary, but the El Paso one, we've been there how many times? Where we were up a goal on El Paso, and we dropped points from it. That has happened 27 times in our history that we have dropped points from a winning position. Some of those are a little more heartbreaking than others. 
whether it's like the El Paso match last year where they score in stoppage time uh, in year one, um, being up two nothing against Phoenix and then ended up walking out of there with a draw. Um, and we haven't, that hasn't even really scared me that we were going to do that so far in these first two matches. And so there's just something about this year that feels different. Also, when we score two or more goals, we average 2.19 points per game, which is great. When we score one or fewer goals, 0.72. And so if we can correct this whole not dropping points bullshit that we've had the last couple of years, and I think that Zach's mentality that he's instilled on this team and I imagine that some of the newer players coming in, uh, particularly Brett and Swahi, um, who come from some winning organizations in Louis City and then Birmingham and, and Pittsburgh, um, they know what it takes. So I, I'm, I'm not going to give all the credit to Zach. I think these new players um, have, have a, an effect on that as well. And the old players do, obviously, as far as executing what's going on and, and learning what it takes. But if our offense can be, I, I mean, I don't think our offense has even been that good this year. Have you? I think we've been okay. Right. But not, I don't think we're near what we're going to be right. later in the year. And we're scoring two goals a game through these first two games. So if we can continue to score goals and this mentality of not giving away cheap points continues, then we're going to be really freaking good. And I'm not jumping to conclusions saying we're going to be really freaking good. I'm just saying if those two things happen, those have been our two bugaboos for three years now. And if those are fixed, then we know the talent that's on this club. And we know a home field advantage that we have that I don't think many people are aware we had, but Earl, did you listen to the podcast last week? Let me ask you a question. Did you see that oh, no, you're, not so, on you're not on Twitter, are you, either? No, so the podcast was playing when I woke up at 4 in the morning. Okay. Um, only because I was laughing in my own ear. <laughs> that is hilarious. So it was a little scary. Um, yeah. So, no, I didn't even bother watching, listening to this past week because I scared myself. Okay, let me ask you a question. Before Saturday... El Paso had the longest home unbeaten streak at 23 matches. Who was behind them in second and third place? I have no idea. So Phoenix was second. They are currently sitting on a streak of 20 matches. So if I'm going to take a guess, it's going to be United as third. It is United at third with 15 straight undefeated home matches. Our last loss was Loudon. Which, do you really consider that a loss? Well, in the record books, it's a loss. So, oh, okay. that was our last loss, was Loudon, which blew my mind and blew Seth's mind last week. We were both very shocked by this, but it's true. So now we have the second current, the second longest active home unbeaten streak. And I don't think that's going to change Spoiler alert this weekend um, or for the foreseeable future. So 
knock on wood, I, I, I definitely have a better feeling about this year than I did after two matches last year. Yeah, I think know, we can all agree with that. Yeah, because you know what happened last year? Two matches in. First match was a one-nil loss mm-hmm. at RGV, and then the second match was a one-one draw or a two-two draw in El Paso, where El Paso equalized in the second half. Yeah, late in the second half. Of that. Those two things did not happen. We have not been shut out, and we have not given up a lead. So. Yeah, you know, still, still a very long way to go. Um, one, one more question that I had about this match here, and it's something that I kind of talked to Zach about as well. As we know, over the past couple of years, United was was known for its possession. You know, we typically dominated most matches in terms of time, in terms of possession, uh, a lot of passes. Uh, so far this season, we are averaging, I believe, it's thirty seven percent possession. Uh, between the two matches so far. Is this something that you think is going to change as we get deeper into the season? Like, do we, or do you think we're going to play more of this, not necessarily a drop back, but give up the possession and play off the, uh, play off the counter more? So actually, uh, I want to answer Harry. Yeah. Let's address Harry. Cause it was bugging me too okay. real quick. Sorry. Uh, first he says, uh, our streak will change on April 23rd. Um, we'll see Harry, uh, second, but has New Mexico United played anyone good? That is my question. Earl, how was your response? So Harry, did you not watch the Vegas lights Phoenix match where Vegas lights beat Phoenix? Um, I'm not sure if you're if you're new to USL, but Phoenix is like the Tom Brady New England Patriots. Oh, that's that's a so little more credit freaking... to me. They don't have a, a playoff championship to hoist, so minus the deflated balls and that's the... a little high praise. Okay, okay, okay. My bad. So minus the deflate gate, minus the Asian oh no! There's or Asian, they have Asian. they have a deflate gate of their own. It's just a karate chop handball from Solomon Asante in the playoffs. Yeah, but minus the so minus the deflate gate, minus the it's not it's not Asian, minus any of that. It's minus listen, the championships, listen, minus the Asian massage parlors and, oh, and all God, that fun no. stuff. Either way, we played Vegas week one and we beat them, and then Vegas turned around and played Phoenix and beat them. So technically, we did play a good team because Vegas beat Phoenix by the UCF train of knowledge, train of logic. Hold we on. beat Vegas, what? who beat Phoenix. UCF. Central okay, Florida. So, so where your logic is going? So we beat Vegas. Vegas beat Phoenix. So technically, yeah, so, we're better than Phoenix. Exactly. Yeah. So that's where that's where Earl's going here. <laughs> I, I, I do think that Vegas is better than uh, most people think they are. Um, and I think El Paso is a talented club that hasn't figured it out yet. My question for you, Harry, is who the hell have you guys beat? That's my but, question. That's so. an excellent point there about El Paso. And we talked about it last week is that they looked really good against Sacramento, but they couldn't put it together. They looked mm. really good against us for a, a large portion of the match, but they couldn't put it together. Yes, they were 
a bit unlucky <laughs> in you. terms of Thank you. you know how some of those balls didn't go in the net. But you know, we talked about it all this year. You have to finish your chances. <clears throat> you have to take those opportunities. And El Paso hasn't done that. But I think they're there. I think at this point, from watching the two matches, I think they're gonna be there at the end of the season competing for a playoff position. I know I'm not I don't think they'll win the West, but I think they'll be in the playoff discussion. Agreed. Also, Harry, uh, so who gets the ball between San Antonio FC and us, uh, where both teams are averaging 35 to 40% possession? Um, it's just going to sit uh, at the midfield line, and um, nobody's going to have possession of it. It's just going to, we're just going to stare we're at it. We're For about 20, 20% of the time, we're just going to stare at it, and then we'll split the other 80%. Between so the what's going to happen and... is there's 11 men on the field. Um, so it's going to start with our both of our strikers. One striker runs up, kicks it. Your striker then comes up and kicks it. And that's how the game will be. And the first person to score from midfield wins. So think of a foosball table. Um, <laughs> exactly. Think of a foosball table. <laughs> Nonsense is done, Seth. You can reel us okay. back into to You were asking a question. Uh, was it possession-based? It was possession-based. Yeah, possession-based, based, yeah. Okay. Um, I think that that you'll see possession start to favor us um, more and more. I think one, I think you're looking at, what was it? 28% for the El Paso match. So that's going to skew numbers quite a bit. Uh, I think that, that, uh, you know, we're not going to get out possessed that badly um, or by that much in all of our games. I think, I think we still might, be a little more than 50% on average at the end of the year. Uh, maybe around 40, even as low as 40. But I think that kind of plays into our hand. I think that these long balls that we've been seeing more and more of have been effective and been working. And the talent that we have on the team kind of thrives in those kind of situations. And so I think we're going to see more of an attacking style, which means some dangerous passes here and there and more of a direct uh, way of playing where it's not this uh, Guzman to Raiden to Guzman to Raiden to Azira to Raiden to Austin to Guzman, turnover, give up a goal. Uh, I think it's going to be more Raiden um, to... I, I think you put a little too many passes in there because it's usually Raiden to Guzman to Haji Berry to go score. <laughs> yeah, that's that's fair. Um I think it's going to be more, you know, right into Portillo to Harry to Nico and then the balls in the back of the net type stuff um, as we go on. So, <clears throat> Harry, have a good night, buddy. Um, yeah, appreciate you, Harry, as always. Seth misses yeah, you already. The best. <laughs> he does. He really does. Um, I have a clip, a clip of him crying, so. Don't. Dear Gord, please don't. Uh, yeah, so I think that it's it's not going to stay that way but i wouldn't be upset if it didn't even out completely because i think our our offense is the whole team is kind of built to strike fast more than it was last year or the year before or the year before actually no i take that back year one was there was some quick strike ability there but year two and year three we definitely have quicker talent up top yeah 
We absolutely do. Um, Earl, one more question, and I just kind of thought about it. Jacob and I kind of touched on it before. Um, if you look back over years two and three of mm. Troy Lassane, he very rarely used fewer than five subs. We've seen a grand total of four subs between two games so far. What do you think Zach's philosophy on using subs is? So I want to say that Zach wants to use subs, um, but with him being a new coach or new head coach um, and the club being about 70% new, I want to say he wants the team to gel in actual meaningful settings and not just on the pitch or on the training fields. Um, So I think that's why he's hesitant to use subs because he's trying to get that, that collaboration going in actual meaningful game time minutes. Yeah, I can understand that. And, you know, we talked a little bit about how bees was not really involved in week one and he was more involved in week two. We saw, he did get, you know, one shot off. Um, He wasn't too far uh, from goal on that. Uh, And, you know, Zach talked about it. You know, you could see, you can see the, the chemistry really starting to come out between him and Nico um they're they're working better together and and so i can understand where you i can understand your point there um so i i just realized there was a second sub uh in the match on saturday night kisa better did come on in the in stoppage time mm-hmm. um which i didn't see that at all on the when i was at the game but um yeah because and you know, week one we had no center backs on the bench uh we did have ratty on on, on the bench this time uh, you know, and he brought in Sergio at the 72 minute mark and then Kisavetter in stoppage time. And so I'm just curious to see, like, is this something that we're going to see throughout the season or maybe like once open cup matches come in or we have like two matches in a week uh, here coming up pretty shortly, do we see like more subs in, in those games? I think when we get closer to like open cup and actually start doing open cup, then yeah. I think he's also possibly taking advantage of of this early schedule that we have because mm-hmm. it's it's not it's not as heavy as it's going to be later. It's Saturday or was it Sunday, Saturday, Saturday, Wednesday, and then not again till the fifth for the open cup match. And then which is a Tuesday, so a little less than a week. Mm-hmm. And then not again till the sixteenth. So it's basically a week, a week, a week, a couple days, a week, and then almost two weeks um, until the Phoenix match. So it's uh, between that and then, honestly, Earl, I, I hadn't even thought of that, but that's a great point of wanting to get these, you know, what we kind of assume is our A lineup out there and giving them a chance to to work together and and work out some kinks in regular season matches as opposed to just uh, preseason or or against the the rest of the United players. So I I think we eventually see more subs as we get later in the season. I think you have to because there's going to be I mean hell there's already injuries. In case in case you didn't know people, we we won that match in El Paso without Ryden, Yearwood and Suggs. Mm-hmm. We had Seymour playing 
as our center back, center back. And I don't even know if he's ever played that position. He, he was a defensive midfielder um, coming into the, to the team. And then we saw him in preseason play right back a little bit or, or the, the right-sided center back in that back three. So I don't even know how much he's actually worked on that position. And they came in and there were some growing pains in the first 30 minutes, like we mentioned, but then they made adjustments and, and they handled business back there. And that's great for right now, but eventually you know, we're going to need to get people back healthy and, and keep them healthy and rotate. And uh, especially if we want to make another open cup run, like we did in 2019 and, and still keep our form in the league, uh, unlike we did in 2019. So then I, I honestly hadn't realized that they had used, he'd used so little subs. Yeah. I knew in the El Paso match, I was like, where are the subs? Cause you know, Troy 70th minute, if we have a lead, you know, an attacking midfielder is coming out and a zero is coming in or something along those lines. So I also think that it kind of goes to the fact that he's like, okay, guys, we're going to attack and we're going to keep attacking and we're not going to just settle back and park the bus, quote unquote. So you guys are in a nice little groove. We're going to keep you out there and, and go get the ball and go, go score another goal. Yep. All right. There you have it. New Mexico United did defeat El Paso locomotive by final of two, one on Saturday night, looking ahead on this coming Saturday at a, a four o'clock kickoff, right. which is one, one more thing there. Okay. Uh, Fep. There you go. Absolutely. Can't forget that. Uh, four o'clock kickoff on Saturday. United does take on Orange County. Can we also, can we, can we add, um, Fettel? I, <laughs> what is, I'm or Fettel. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. What Fettel. is it, Earl? Fuck you, Diego Luna. Oh, God. <laughs> okay. If you want to add that one in, I'll, I'll let you add that one in as well. Um, the new hashtag. Yeah, there you go. Orange County SC comes in defending USL Cup champions. Uh, they are one and one on the season right now. They lost opening weekend to the Colorado Springs by a final of two one, and then they beat uh, RGV this past weekend by a final of two one. There, uh, they've been going through some growing pains. They just had Ronaldo uh, Damas transfer out to the Swedish uh, top flight. Uh, they've they they brought in uh, Kubo Torres from Atlanta United. Um, so yeah, it's they've had a lot of turnover. I, I was watching the broadcast earlier. I think they said they had like ten new players this year. Um, so have you guys watched them at all? You know, what do you think we should should expect out of them this weekend? I did see the the second half of the RGV match. Most of the second half, anyways. Um, they won on a last second. Oh shit ping pong around and then it finds the back of the net um growing pains i think is kind of putting it a little lightly uh they just haven't looked good they haven't looked cohesive um and, and they lost a lot of talent and so they are not the same club that won me money in the usl championship last year and um i i expect it to be tough i think you know most of the western conference matches are I don't know that there's a gimme um, in any of these matches. Uh, I mean, you look at what Las Vegas just did to Phoenix. Um, I, we're talking about on I mean, the pitch or off the pitch? On. 
I don't, okay. I don't, I don't know what we'd be talking about off the pitch and gimmies, um, but mattresses. Uh, oh, yeah, okay. Um, so, so I, I think that it's, it'll be a tough match, but I don't think they're the caliber that they were last year, nor do I think they're the caliber of where we are at this year. Especially playing at home, uh, I just, I'm not nearly as worried about this match as I probably should be. Earl, have you had a chance to to look at the look at Orange County this season, um, or do you think it really matters at this point? That was a dumb question, by the way, because we all know here that I don't watch <laughs> any soccer other than United, other than United and Nashville. Who? Black exactly. and yellow. <laughs> I don't know. I don't understand how you're not a Dortmund fan. You're on this black and yellow theme. Excuse you, Mr. Tottenham. Um, it's actually black and navy blue. Who the fuck's black and navy blue? Nash or yellow and navy blue. Sorry, Nashville. Man, whatever. Nashville is navy blue, not black. It's a it's a dark blue. Might as well be black. Yeah, it's not black. Okay, fine. Um, so no, I have not watched Orange County. The only, <clears throat> and I'm kind of embarrassed to announce this, but the only USL match that I watched that's not United is Vegas Lights. Nothing wrong with that. And the Phoenix match. Yeah. Can we talk about that? Where they no. had a fireworks show at the end of the match, and as soon as <laughs> the ref blew the whistles. The lights went out. Vegas turns lights off. Like there's still players on the pitch trying to find their bench. And all of a sudden it's just like, where the fuck am I? Where where <laughs> am I? So. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Apparently there have been a lot of complaints about Las Vegas from the weekend. Um and Elaine Evans, uh, beat writer for that covers Phoenix Rising, put out a, a big article and has been posting it up all over the place. So, uh, if you feel like listening to someone play a very small violin, go read it. Um, otherwise, don't bother. Earl, I would like to point out that you are wrong. It is not navy blue, it is right. acoustic blue <laughs> and electric <laughs> yellow. Are the official colors of Nashville SC? Just throwing that out there. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and on that, Earl walks away. Um, but yeah, looking at the, you know, I'm looking through, and we actually haven't played Orange County since 2019. Yeah. Um, because of COVID and the way the league reorganized uh, the conferences during so the I know shortened we, seasons. I know we drew 2 2 over there. And I think we lost here, didn't we? I'm looking that up right now. Or was it a draw? I know it wasn't a good result. It wasn't yeah. the best result. So yeah, 2-2 two, two there. And then here, let me see. We did lose 2-0. Lost 2-0, okay. Yeah. Um, that is to, a nice looking shirt, Earl, just so you know. To two goal scorers that are no longer with that club. So, um, Well, that yeah. was three years ago. So Yeah, exactly. It was three years ago. We haven't played them since. Um, I don't know. I honestly don't know about this match on Saturday. Like you said, they, they don't look right. They just, they're not the same team. They've lost some key pieces. Um, 
you know, again, coming into the lab, I don't see them walking away with a win here. Um, but uh, that, that's just where I'm at at the moment. Um, you guys have score predictions for Saturday? Yeah. Okay. Yep. <laughs> oh, did you want them right now? Yeah. Oh, yeah, sorry. Let's get sorry. those. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Um, I. I'm going to be serious with my predictions because Adermar told me to lower my expectations, which to be fair, my expectations weren't that we were going to win five nil. It was just a bit that I had last year, but I'm going to get serious and I'm going to say three, one, three, one. Okay. Any particular reason behind that score line? I think that we are getting better offensively. And I think it's only a matter of time before we get, you know, two goals in quick succession. Uh, and so I think we we get up early in the second, or we get up in the first half, we get up two goals to nil. Um, you know, we haven't, you know, last year in the, really the whole existence of United, we've, we've kind of been one to score in like the first 15 minutes, you know, fairly consistently. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think we do that and we score a couple early. And then it's kind of back and forth, just kind of a possession game. I'm going to say that Orange County gets one back because uh, I do think they have have some talent on offense and and have the ability to score. Um, and, and I don't know what our backline situation is going to be. Um, I'm hoping that Ryden and Suggs uh, uh, are back, but you know we just we're not privy to that information at this point in time. I can't so, say Suggs did travel to El Paso. Did he? Yeah, he did travel. Um, ran into him in the in the tunnels after the match. Seemed to be seemed to be walking around okay. Um, don't know what the issue was. We do know that it did happen kind of later in the week after David had all of his match notes and everything ready to send out. So I would I would think that um of the two, Suggs is probably the most likely to not play uh Saturday knowing nothing about the injury, just looking at the two individuals in question. And Suggs is is up there in minutes played and has a lot of miles on his legs. And um, whereas Ryden is is a much younger player, uh, kind of a stalwart back there. I think I think for the first two years he was with us, he didn't miss a single minute. Um, mm-hmm. I could be wrong about last year. I feel like there might have been a time last year when he, he missed a match. But I know in year one he did not in year one with us, which would have been 2020. He did not miss a single minute in those he, 15. He matches. did miss time last year because of okay. his back issue. That's what I thought. Yeah. Yeah. So other than that, he's been a pretty, pretty big workhorse for us. So I, I think if either of them, if I had to pick one of those to be back, it's going to be riding, but still with, with questions at the back line, we know Austin's not going to be there uh, more than likely unless a miracle happened in the last week. And so uh, I'll, I'll, I'll give them a goal because of our back line and their, their offensive firepower that they have. And then I think we, <clears throat> we're bound to get a goal. Uh, if we keep pushing like we did against uh, Las Vegas, um, it's going to pay off at some point, you know, a goal is going to make a Evan Newton like pass um, something along those lines where we get a, a cheap, easy goal to kind of put it away after the 80th minute uh, is how I picture it going. And so that's what I'm going to go with is three, one. So Josh Suggs is only two years older 
than Kalen Ryden. And they're yeah, both younger gonna, than us. I think he's got a lot more minutes on his on his legs. Probably. I think uh yeah. And, I don't know what his min- I don't know what uh Kalen's minutes are at, but and not only that, but you know, Kalen Kalen's position, he doesn't make a whole lot of runs. Yeah. Whereas Suggs, especially the last year uh or so, he's you're two years almost, I think. He's he's been playing more of a of a winger or midfielder and has been running back and forth a lot. So his legs have a few more miles on them than Kalen does. Yeah. Earl, what's your prediction for Saturday? So I agree with Jacob and I do think we give up a goal. Um, but there's this lingering score that you just announced where two, one was week one, two, one was week two. So two, one will be week three. Okay. All right. Um, it, it wasn't two, one in week one, but yeah. go ahead. no, not for us for Orange County. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> All right. So, so, so I'm assuming you're saying 2 1 us against Orange County, right? Yes. Okay. All right. 2 1, 3 1. Um, you know, I look at this and no, Orange County is not the same. Um, we are doing better. We still have a lot of work to do. We do have some injuries. Um, and I'm going to ask you guys here in just a minute about Sergio Rivas um, because I got an interesting question for you guys on that. Um, but I think we have more than enough up top to to handle Orange County. Uh, so I'm going to say 2-0 two, two again. I just, so I, just I don't like trust. 10-0? 2-0. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't trust Orange County's forwards or their midfields to do anything because i think we're much improved um even if we have a modified back line on saturday i think we're better so that's where that's where i'm at with that um so in terms of so i did like i said i did have one more question for you guys uh sergio rivas um so we know sergio missed week one with an injury um we he he did put out a and i i mentioned it uh, to David, um, he put out a a TikTok uh, showed what happened with his injury, and I sent you guys a link to another TikTok the other day. Uh, apparently, there was some concern about Sergio's injury that it was significantly more serious than what it turned out to be. Do you think that the club needs to kind of put talk to sit down and talk to guys like Sergio? And be like, hey, look, you gotta like don't screw yourself over or do you think that they trust him to not make poor decisions or at least take better care of himself? I should say. So here's the thing about that. Sergio was in the street kicking a soccer ball with who I'm assuming is his family. Yeah, it was. So is Sergio not allowed to hang out family anymore? So is Sergio not allowed to have Thanksgiving dinner with his family anymore because that's not okay. healthy? Okay. Is Sergio? <laughs> let's fucking calm down, Earl. I'm on so, your so... side here, Earl, but let's not go too far. That's that's my take. I mean, Sergio's and every player on any team is going to go out on the street and kick a ball with their family. 
Um, did an accident happen? Yeah, of course. Do I think Sergio is not taking care of himself? Um, depends on how many paletas he has a day or a week. <laughs> um, that's the only questionable part. But do I think him tripping on a soccer ball and tweaking his knee was him not taking care of himself? No, I think, I think he just runs the course and the club continues what they're doing and not give it any light to disgruntle Sergio mm-hmm. to where then it makes animosity in the locker room. I, I assume that United players, USL players in general have some language in their contracts that says, Hey, uh, during the season, you might not want to snowboard or ski or, Pull a Ben Roethlisberger and ride a motorcycle without a helmet. Um, or ride dirt bikes through Albuquerque. I don't know who that was. Sergio. <laughs> during what the season? What is your hate on Sergio? I'm not hating on Sergio. I'm just, you know. Was this during the season? I assume so because there were videos posted just the other day. Yeah, that might uh, that might be. I mean, Kellen Winslow. Got, you know, you're going on the yeah. same lines. There, got, there are things that you should not do specifically in season as a professional athlete, when you make money using your body, not in that yeah, way. Yeah, Deshaun Watson. <laughs> Damn it, <Earl. laughs> um, But kicking the soccer ball in the street is not one of those things. I mean, we see every match Suggs kick the ball with his kid. Literally after every match that he's a part of, we see that. They're not going to stop that. Um, if Sergio is doing stuff other than kicking the ball in the street that might, you know, lead to a injury that is not great. Uh, yes, they, they are within their right, I think, to go to him and be like, Hey, you know, skateboarding without a helmet during the season. Hey, let's knock that off. Riding a dirt bike through Albuquerque. Uh, let's knock that off. You can do it in the off season, but don't do it now. Um, but they're not going to go so far to stop them from, from playing with nieces and nephews or kids right. or something like that. And, and shit happens. I mean, as a parent, uh, I know, and you know, Seth, that, that, uh, sometimes m- mistakes happen, uh, wrong steps happen an ankle gets twisted, um, fall on a fence. Don't ask, um, you know, shit can go wrong. So I'm, that's, that's a Have risk you been watching me takes. this past week? No, no, I was talking about myself. But, um, <laughs> uh, but yeah. So, unless there are like legit extreme things going on, they're not going to go to anybody and be like, "Hey, don't do this." Yeah, and and I'm not saying that like he was out there, you know, with the intent to get hurt or anything like that. And I'm not saying there's anything wrong with him kicking the ball around with his. I think it was his cousin or his little brother, or something. Like, and and I get that that was an accident, you know. But, you know, knowing what we do about sports and knowing some of the things that guys have done away from the field that have cost them time and and, and money, um, I just kind of wonder, you know, if there was that if there was that possibility, because the, the link that I sent you guys, the the original prognosis was that it was a significant injury or there was a potential for significant injury um, based off the accident. Again, I know it was an accident. But, you know, you look at it and 
you know, and when, when Jacob, when you and I were out at Mesa del Sol, you know, the reaction was like, did he really post that? Like, it's yeah. like, yeah, he did. Um, so I don't know. So, you know, and I'm not saying that the club's going to step and say, no, you can't kick the ball with your family. That's not what I'm, what I'm after here. You know, it's, you know, maybe he needs to be a little bit more, maybe he needs to be a little, be a little more careful about what he posts, you know, or a little more careful. Like he's during the season, like with some of the activities that he's doing just to make sure that he is not endangering himself, you know? Well, okay. So I'm of, I'm of this mind about it. Kind of similar to, to, uh, I don't, I don't like making businesses cater to like, like the, the, the bakery several years ago that didn't want to bake a cake for a gay wedding. Let them not bake a cake for a gay wedding. So that way everybody knows where they stand Mm -hmm. and everybody can take their business elsewhere. Don't make businesses do something that they don't want to do. If it's going to shed bad light on them, just let them shed bad light on themselves and then they don't have to worry about it. Wait, I I didn't hear about that bakery. Oh, it was years ago, several years ago. A couple went in there, wanted a wanted a, a wedding cake, and the bakery was like, uh, "No, we're not going to do a wedding cake for a gay couple because we stand for this and that and the other." Blah 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 nonsense. Um, and then that led to basically laws in effect that says you cannot discriminate your against your customers for racial or sexuality or this and the other, like. If a, if a business here, owner, here's, if a, here's my take. Here's my take on that whole wedding cake thing. And I know we're not talking about wedding cakes and gay rights and whatnot, but my take is this. What? <laughs> yeah, no, it was a it was a big deal. Idiot. Yeah, Josh, how you doing? What's up, Josh? <laughs> yeah, so sued for a lot of money too, which I don't. I hate suing. I, I the whole practice of suing for shit like that annoys me. But I hate sewing. But if shut up, bro. <laughs> but if if a company doesn't want to do that, then let them be outed for being that kind of person, and then don't go to them. So similar here, I'm not gonna get after Sergio for posting about this stuff. If Sergio wants to post him doing dumb stuff, then that just lets the club go. Hey. You're doing some dumb stuff. Knock it off. Whereas if he's not posting, he's not ratting himself out. The club might not know that he's doing dumb stuff. So let him post whatever he wants to post. And and uh, if he does dumb things, then the people can be like, why are you doing this during the season? That's dumb. Stop doing it. Uh, shit like that. So I I hope they don't censor what he can post. Uh, I, I Another reason why I don't want that is because the USL censors the shit out of everything we don't know anything about anything when it comes to the usl and behind the scenes and i hate that so stop yeah. doing it usl stop it you know I, I you know i will admit that there are some things that we you know with our contacts that we have now we do get a little bit more you know information um which i think is great um you know we had we know i found out some things over the weekend that i i can't say on air uh but i know one of them for sure will make joshua Carrillo very happy um, and that's not giving anything away. It's, it's something that the club is going. It's, oh, is it okay. about, no, I yeah. is it about daylight yeah. savings time. Yes. It's exactly about daylight savings time. It's exactly okay, it. good. Okay. The, good. the club is getting rid of daylight savings time. 
Mm-hmm. That's exactly it. Um, That's why yeah, they're no. my favorite. <laughs> but yeah, no, it's uh, Josh. I can't tell you, man. I can't. It's something that you that you of all people would be like super hyped about once it gets once it gets announced. So, um, I signed his life to the devil for secrecy. <laughs> uh, no, I, me, don't... I don't even know. So it's all right, Josh. Don't no, bad. you know, I put it in the chat the other day. He doesn't know. Earl doesn't read the chat. <laughs> no, I don't even doesn't. read. To be honest, I don't even read. Yeah. Um, but no, like we don't want to take, we, you know, we definitely try not to take advantage of our connections and, you know, we don't put things out there until, you know, we're given the go ahead for it. And, you know, we got lucky that, you know, a couple weeks ago we were able to announce the, the kit sponsors, you know, live on air, um, which was great. You know, Dave was in the chat and speaking of which David, I don't know if you're listening or hanging out somewhere, but we want to get you on the show either next week or the week after. Um, we'll talk uh, some open cup. We have some guests coming. Yes, we do. We have guests coming. Uh, we we had a guest lined up for tonight. Audrey Cortina was going to join us, but unfortunately, she uh, was sick tonight. So Audrey, feel better. So um, she went. She does want to come on next week, though, if if we are available. But I know that that kind of corresponds with Open Cup, so we might have to do David next week, and then yeah. maybe maybe Adri can be our third on Open Cup night. Yeah, uh, yeah. Well, so, well, unless she, if she's not out at the stadium, of course fair That's yeah true. i might even be there so okay. who knows what's gonna happen that week but right. yeah well, we'll i probably won't be we'll here see. that week anyway that day anyways because i'll be driving back from from the grandest the greatest show of all time the granddaddy of the greatest all. showman on tuesday yeah i'm driving back from tuesday night from the great the granddaddy of them all <clears throat> okay so breaking news people we're not gonna have a podcast on april 5th yeah breaking news <laughs> Earl if will we still do be hung over from wrestlemania if we do, it'll um, just be me, and nobody wants that. So, yeah. Hey, well, do, I mean, do you a, and your forehead. You could, do a, you could do a watch along. I could, yeah. I could, and then we could do a podcast later uh, that week. But anyways, yeah. we'll, we'll we'll figure out this the smash. Uh, yeah. We'll smash. figure all that out. Um, Whatever. I do have one more note before we get out of here. Um, this last thing I have anyway. Congratulations to the New Mexico runners who finished their season with back-to-back wins. Yeah, good job, um, runners. yeah. They uh picked up a season ending win over the Turlock Cal Express by a final of 12-5. I'm sorry, um, was that English? What the fuck did you say? Turlock <laughs> Cal Express from Turlock, California. Okay. Yeah. Uh yeah, 12-5 Never heard of her. there. Uh Marshad Amati picked up five goals and assists. So great night for him for Marshad. Yeah, that's a uh, that's a game and a half right there. Yeah, well the, the match before up in uh up in Colorado was 16 to 10. So well, we're uh, just yeah. we're just talking about the names that you just pronounced. <laughs> What'd you call um, me? <laughs> yeah, but anyway, great game uh for the runners. Great way to close out the season. They do finish outside of the playoffs, as we talked about a few weeks ago. Um, but yeah, guys go follow the runners on social media. Um, you know, Facebook, Twitter, uh, I don't know if they're on Instagram. I assume they are. Um, and, uh, yeah, get ready for next season. Uh, (laughs) Tekken. There you go. Um, nine. Tech nine. Yeah. Uh, but that's all I have for this. Seth has no idea Um, who tech nine is. I know who tech nine is. Okay. Yeah. (laughs) I'm old enough. I know who tech nine is. Yeah, I I knew you were old enough. I just thought you were a little too white. <laughs> no, I know who he is. I may not listen to him, but I I knew I do know who he is. Okay, fair enough. So, fair enough. <laughs> um. Anyway, that's all that I had. Did you, did you guys have anything for this week, Earl? No, we can wait till next week. 
Okay, good job, bro. Uh, no, not really. Um, Standing-wise, uh, in case you're wondering, uh, United is one of four teams in the Western Conference that has won both their opening games. Uh, one of seven teams overall. There are also seven teams that have yet to win a game, including... Uh, <coughs> Diego Luna. El Paso. Um, <coughs> ooh. Uh, and then there's a bunch of teams. In there. There's You know, there's only been one draw in the USL through two weeks. Yeah. Which is kind of crazy. And there's also only one man-child. Diego Luna? Yeah. Anyways, so yeah, um, that's all I got. Uh, just a little standings update. Um, anything else? No? Going once? Going twice? Sold. Okay, so uh, as Seth said earlier, um, Saturday, a 4 o'clock kickoff. Uh, kind of changing things up there. Earl, are you going to be there? Uh, for those of you listening only, he is shaking his head no. Um, yeah, it's a big old negatory. Uh, Seth will be there. Uh, I will be there with my wife uh, in the stands. Um, See, I, I would be there, but it's the last weekend before I go out of town for half a week. And my wife's not going with me to Dallas, so got to spend time with my wife before that. So why don't you bring your wife to the game? Because that's not fun. She doesn't like sports. She was at a game year one, wasn't she? Because I met her at a game year one. I met her at a game year one. You met her at a tailgate party. Ah, fair. Okay. Okay. Anyway. Because that's when uh, Doral Motors was giving out the cool turquoise shirt. Ah, gotcha. So. uh, That's when you met Milo. I did. I did. Milo's the best. I wish he was on the pod and start roll sometimes. Um, So do I. (laughs) Because I'm so asleep. So. when you, if you see me out in the stands, um, come say hi. Seth will be up in his hoity-toity press box. Um, not a man of the people. Uh, he's just a... Uh, yeah, we're peasants to him. But at yeah, least I'll have does. access to the warning track. And you'll have food. And food, yeah, yes. Food. <laughs> I'm going to take my credentials and my camera. So I might sneak onto the field and get a few pictures here and there, but, um, and I might go to the press conference if I can swing it, but I don't know. We'll see, but I will be walking around. Uh, I'll be sitting in the berm or maybe 122. I'm not hundred percent sure yet. Um, so come say hi and we will be back next Tuesday at nine o'clock to recap that match and to preview the WrestleMania. Yeah, sure. Um, and to preview the Oakland match, which is next Wednesday, on the 30th. So uh, two home games in quick succession here. Uh, Seth, are you going to the Wednesday match? Yes. Okay. I'm going to need you to do me a favor. And it is get one of these posters. Yeah, I need that too. That one they're of, doing. One of these cool things. Yeah. Have you not heard about the posters? You've heard no. about the posters. They're, they're $5.05. Having they're having a different poster every home match, different oh, design okay. poster every home match that you can buy at the little stands there. And they're only making 505 of them per match. So hmm. they're limited edition, limited run. There will be 17 different ones this year uh, for all the home matches for the regular season anyways. <coughs> oh, could not mute my mic fast enough. Sorry. Um, <laughs> uh, so I will get one Saturday, but I will not be at the Wednesday match. So 
I'm going to need, need some help there so I can get all 17 of them. Can you and get then, me one on Saturday there, Con Sire? I can because you bought me this one, buddy, because you're gotcha. a good dude. You're a good man. I don't care what your wife says about you. Um, I mean, she doesn't talk to me, so it's all right. <laughs> Just kidding. God knows. Wife, I love you still. Yeah, she's listening. She's our one <laughs> listener right now. Um, she probably is. <laughs> my luck. Uh, so, again, next week, uh, recap the Orange County game. Preview the Oakland Roots match. Um, love love looking at the table and seeing us undefeated at the top and El Paso winless at the bottom. Uh, it's good fun for me. And uh, we appreciate everybody. Josh, Harry, um, I did a terrible job at not putting it on social media. So I blame myself for why uh, live listeners are, are not here. But um, I will do better next week. And uh, we will catch you next week again at 9 o'clock. And until then, Somos Mimos. You've been listening to Somos Mas, your source for the latest news and notes on New Mexico United, the USL, and the New Mexico Runners. All of our shows are recorded live on Tuesday nights and are streamed on our YouTube, Facebook, and Twitter pages. An audio-only version of the show goes live later in the week on all major podcast platforms. Our show is written and produced by Seth Bidoff, Jacob Terrell, and Earl Nieto, and is edited by Seth. All episodes are recorded and edited using StreamYard and Audacity.